Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Take your belief and strengthen your heart. I'm going to demonstrate to you and show you how we can strengthen ourselves in the Lord when there's no one around. I know that the Lord encourages us and strengthens us very often indirectly through a friend, through another human being, but there might come a time where you are alone, there's no one around. And we need to learn how to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. You may get up one morning and, um, and, and all of a sudden you're not feeling well, or uh, there are thoughts of worry and anxiety that seem to overwhelm you, and there's no one there to encourage you, to help you, what do you do then? And so this is what I'm going to be teaching tonight, and hopefully uh, what I share with you, you will take it on and practice and exercise your faith in what I'm going to be sharing with you tonight. The two verses of scripture that I'd like to focus on tonight is one taken from Psalms 27 verse 13 and the other one from 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Psalms 27 13 and 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13. I want you to look at this and read this from your own Bibles as well. Psalm 27, 13, the psalmist said, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 2 Corinthians 4, 13 from the New King James Version. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. So let me start this session today by asking a few questions, relevant questions, important questions. Here is one of them. How can we keep our hearts from being overwhelmed with discouragement when the circumstances around us seem to be overwhelming, when we are facing contradictory uh, circumstances, situations that are tempting us to get discouraged? What do we do? How can we keep our hearts from being overwhelmed with fear? Fear is the very real force. It's a tangible force that seems to be dogging our paths every single day by what we see, what we hear. How do we keep our hearts from being overwhelmed with fear, with anxiety, with depression? Here is another question. How can we keep our joy, who is, which is the 
the, the, our strength. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. How can we keep our joy and our peace in the midst of fiery tests and trials that, uh, that we face from time to time as we endeavor to serve the Lord and take care of our families? And finally, here's another question. How can we keep our soul from being cast down with sorrow, with disappointment, and all the negative emotions that seem to rise up within us. Have you had a fight with discouragement lately? And who won that battle? What about fear? Have you tackled the spirit of fear or the spirit of anxiety? Or here's a big one. The spirit of rejection, you feel unloved, unwanted, unappreciated. Uh, what about the spirit of self-pity, feeling sorry for yourself? Because what you expected from a loved one, it didn't come through, it didn't deliver. How do you deal with that? <laughs> uh, these are, these are real, real situations that we need to talk about. We are human beings. We live in a fallen world all around us. There are negative reports that keep coming at us. How do we deal? How do we live the life of faith in this fallen world? What about alarming symptoms in your body? And all of a sudden you are being attacked with alarming symptoms and they are threatening and the enemy through your mind through your through the thoughts that he throws at you the fiery darts panic and fear and worry what's going to happen to me what's going to happen to my kids and all of those things what about financial pressures well in our study today i want to answer these questions and show you or demonstrate rather to you a practical way how to rise above them and not only that, as you rise above, you exercise your faith and overcome each and every one of these evil spirits or evil thoughts. The Bible says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. These are real enemies. These are real um, um, spirits in the realm of the spirit that come against us. And so we need to know, we need to learn how to fight the good fight of faith, how to stand in the day of evil, the Apostle Paul says. And listen to me, uh, my brother, my sister, the days that we are headed into, they're becoming darker and darker and darker. Are you able to hear me? Thank you, because I see the screen is playing up. As I said, I'm going to go one step further and demonstrate to you how I encourage and strengthen myself in the Lord when I am faced with such situations. And I trust that you will learn how to do the same. Are you, are you with me? Amen. The psalmist said in the above verse that we read, shows us how not to give in to, this, to these negative uh, thoughts, negative 
temptations, negative spirits, but to rather encourage and strengthen ourselves when we are faced with such trials. Listen to what the psalmist said. I would have lost heart unless I had believed. I would have lost heart unless I had believed. What does it mean to lose heart? Well, it simply means you lost the will or the spirit to fight on. It means you have given into discouragement, you have given into fear, you have surrendered yourself to hopelessness and despair. That's what it means losing heart, being overwhelmed with such things. Yeah, so um, it also means you lost the joy of the Lord, which of course is our strength. You lost the will to dream, the dreams of God for your life, for your future, for your family, for the call of God upon your life. Amen. This is what it means to be overwhelmed, to lose heart. And believe me when I say I know very well these emotions because I'm just as human as you are. I face the same devil and the same demons you face every single day. The word of God says in Psalm 62 and verse 4 that our enemies only consult together to topple us down from our high position in Christ Jesus. Meditate on that verse. The devil doesn't sleep. The Bible says as a roaring lion, he walks about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith. That is why we need to be alert. We need to be wide awake in the spirit. And so that when he comes to devour, we may say, uh-uh, that's as far as you go. And we take out the sword of the spirit and we teach him a lesson. We overcome. The Bible says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Very important. But I also know also how to resist in the Lord, using the word of God, using my faith, and taking what God has given us, and in the power of the Spirit, turn the tables on him. This is how I do it. Let's look at Psalm 27, 13 again, and read it again. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. His belief in the face of these enemies rescued him and preserved him from all of the above. And I ask the question, what did he believe? Remember, faith is a choice. You don't have to give in to your feelings. You don't have to give in to your emotions. You don't have to give in to these thoughts, to fear, to despair, to discouragement, to hopelessness. You need to understand that these are not your thoughts. They are thoughts that derive from the evil one. Any thought that causes discouragement, any thought that causes hopelessness, any thought that causes you to worry, it is not from God. So you need to resist them and you need to know how to fight the good fight of faith, 
how to take out the sword of the spirit, speaking spiritually, and go on the offensive rather than cowering down and taking all of those, all of that garbage uh, without any resistance. The psalmist believed that he would see the grace and the mercy of the Lord and the goodness of the Lord in his life. He believed in the love of God for him. He believed in the promises of God and his belief in the word and in the promises of God. The Bible says kept his heart from being overwhelmed, from being discouraged and from losing hope. He kept his hope. He kept his faith. He kept his spirits up and the joy and the peace of God because he chose to believe the word of God rather than his own emotions, his own feelings, or the lies of the devil. Not only did he believe those things, but the Bible says he spoke what he believed. This is a very important principle when it comes to fighting the good fight of faith. You cannot be silent when you're running against the Goliath. David, when he ran towards the giant, his mouth was not closed. He was speaking the word of the Lord. Remember what he said to him? You come against me with a sword and a spear and a shield. I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts whom you have defied. And this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I'll take your head off of your shoulders and throw your carcass to the beasts of the field. When you run towards your enemies, these unseen, evil, wicked spirits, you need to let the word of God come out of your mouth boldly, out loudly, wherever you are. Go somewhere where nobody hears you if you have to and start speaking the word of the Lord. Here is what the psalmist said. 2 Corinthians 4.13, a very important verse of scripture. Since we have the same spirit of faith, he didn't say we're going to get it. He said we have it. And you need to know and thank God for the spirit of faith that God has delivered to you once and for all. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed. Therefore, I spoke. We also believe. And therefore, we speak. Amen. Believe with the heart. Speak with the mouth what you believe from your heart. Our belief must be released with our words if it's to do any good. The scripture says that we speak what we believe, not what we feel, not what we see, but what we believe. The other night I had a dream. My, my uh, middle child, Helen, came to me in the dream and he asked me, Daddy, how, how do you feel? relating to my eyes and then something rose up against me and i said helen in an authoritative voice do not ask me how i feel ask me what i believe and right there in my dream i started preaching 
the word of the Lord. And I quoted scripture after scripture after scripture that speaks about my redemption, my healing. And I went on and on and on quoting the word of the Lord. I learned something. Not that I didn't know it, but it became a fresh revelation to me. It's important that you do not speak what you feel, but what you believe. Not what you see, but what you believe. The word of the Lord says in the second, in, in, in the same chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he says, for our affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far exceeding and eternal weight of glory. When? While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. But for the things which are seen are temporary, meaning subject to change. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Those things are spiritual things. They are the promises of God, the word of God. The spoken word being released from our mouth becomes the sword of the spirit that renders our enemies of none effect. It pierces through the devices, the evil schemes that are in the realm of the spirit. It pierces through and casts down the strongholds. Amen. That's what God said to Jeremiah. I'm going to put my words in your mouth and through my word in your mouth, you will root out, you will pull down, you will cast down, you will utterly destroy. What is he going to destroy? The works of the devil, the works of the enemy. And then he says, you're going to build and you're going to plant using my word. I pray that God will give us a fresh revelation of the power and the authority that he placed in our hands through the word of God, folks. Let me demonstrate. Here I am now. I'm getting up in the morning. And all of these symptoms for, for three months, I've enjoyed perfect health, no symptom, no uh, drooping eyelid, no blurred vision, no double vision for three months without any medication. And I woke up a few days ago and the father of lies is trying to sneak back those symptoms. I have a choice. Do I panic? Do I say, well, I thought I was healed, but it doesn't look like it. Oh, no. I know the Lord touched me. I know that I've been healed by the stripes of Jesus. I know that Matthew 8:17 says himself took my infirmities, himself carried my diseases, my pains. I know that, and I know it in my heart, and I am speaking it with my mouth. So here I go. Heavenly Father, I, I stop right there. I state and declare my belief in you and in your loving kindness. I believe in your goodness, Lord. I believe in your love for me. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I believe that he rose from the dead to justify me before you and give me the gift of righteousness. I believe that you made him to be sin, who knew no sin, that I might be made the righteousness of God in him. I believe that, and I state my belief. I believe in your divine protection from all evil. 
And I declare that no evil shall befall me or mine. Neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. Because I believe you have given your angels charge over me and my family to keep us and protect us from all evil. I believe that your word is true. You are not a man that you should lie or the son of man that you should. No, what am I doing? I am returning the word of God back to him. I am reminding him of what he promised. That he is a God who is faithful to keep his word. And I keep releasing my faith through my spoken words based on the word of God, not how I feel and not what I see. And I say to the Lord, Lord, you said in your word, you're not a man that you should lie, nor the son of man that you should repent. Have you said and shall you not do it? Have you spoken and shall you not make it good? Of course you will. I believe that because I'm born of your spirit, I have the life and the nature of God within my spirit. And I believe that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I believe that Jesus himself bore my sicknesses and carried my diseases according to Matthew 8:17. And by his wounds, the Bible says, we were healed according to 1 Peter 2:24. I believe that according to your word in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9, that you are able to make all grace abound toward me, that I always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work according to your word. I believe in your divine favor upon my life because I'm in Christ and Christ is in me. And I can go on and on and on. Declaring the word of the Lord. And by the time I'm finished. There's a whole new strength bubbling up from within my spirit. All fear is gone. Discouragement, where are you? <laughs> He's scattered. That's why the word says, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I am strengthened again. I am renewed in my faith. I am renewed in my hope. The Bible says that the mercies of the Lord are new every morning. And this is how I strengthen myself in the Lord. And listen to me, please. Unless we learn how to fight the good fight of faith, the enemies of our soul will continue to harass, oppress, discourage, and put you in a spiritual cage. Are you listening to me? We will be up one day, down the next, and we will be at the mercy of our circumstances and at the mercy of how we feel. That is not the life that Jesus came to give us. David knew, excuse me, how to encourage himself in the Lord. When overwhelming odds were against him. And the Bible records such an incident in which even his men, the Bible says, turned against him and wanted to stone him to death. Remember that incident is recorded for the sake of time. I'm not going to read it. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 1 through 6. The Amalekites came while David with his men were out fighting. 
They captured uh, their wives, their children, all of the possessions. They plundered their camp and they went away. And so they came back and they found the wives gone, the children gone, the possessions gone. And the Bible says they cried until there was no voice in them. And they were so despondent, so in despair that they wanted to even stone the leader. But look what David did. Now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. I want you to underline that verse of scripture. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. He knew how to do that. And we have to come to a place in our spiritual warfare, in our spiritual walk, learn how to strengthen ourselves in the Lord, because there are times, my brother, my sister, when your pastor won't be around you, when your friend and your brother or your sister won't be around you, what are you going to do then? David knew whom to go to. And you see his relationship with the Lord was not shallow, was not superficial, it was strong. The Bible says further down, if you will read, then he called the priest and he said, bring the effort near me. And the word of God says, David inquired of the Lord. Hallelujah. What a blessed revelation we received there. He sought God's wisdom in the matter and God gave it to him. When he said, Lord, what should I do? My men want to stone me. My wives are gone. My children are gone. My Everything that I've worked for all these years is gone. What do you want me to do? Shall I pursue my enemy? And God spoke to him and he said, pursue and you will recover all. Hallelujah. You see, James admonishes us in his epistle saying that when we go through such trials, not only we should rejoice because our faith is being tested, but we should seek the wisdom of God. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously without finding fault, and it shall be given him if you ask in faith. Why wisdom? Because God's wisdom will show you what to do, what not to do. Wisdom will show you the right time, the wrong time. Wisdom will also guide you and give you a plan or a strategy in which you will obtain the victory. That's why we ask for wisdom. Amen. Let me ask you a question. How do you deal with such situations? Who do you go to? I know even believers, many will go to the bottle of tranquilizers. Others will go to the bottle. Others will go to some form of pleasure that they find comfort. But listen, we need to learn how to go to God and strengthen ourselves in the Lord. And here is also a group of people from, from the body of Christ that when they go through such things, they cry out to God to do something about it. This is very important. Lord, I mean... Paul did the same thing. He learned his lesson. The Bible says that three times he asked the Lord for the thorn to be removed from him. 
Do you remember that? But God answered him and said, <laughs> he said, he received the same answer. He said, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. In other words, he was saying to Paul, what are you crying to me, Paul? Take what I've given you, the grace that I've given you, and overcome what you're facing. What are you crying to me for? I'm not going to do anything about the devil anymore. All there was to do, I've done it. I've stripped him of his power, of his authority. I have defeated him. I have made a spectacle of him before all. And I've given you the tools and the authority how to overcome. What are you crying to me for? You remember Moses did the same thing. Pharaoh behind him, threatening to annihilate him and his people. The Red Sea in front of him, threatening to drown them all. And the people panicked and they feared. And then Moses cries out to God. You remember what God said to him? It's written here. Exodus 14 verse 15. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Amen. What do you cry to me? What is that that you've got in your hand? Stretch it. For Paul, he gave him grace. To Moses, he gave him a rod of authority and power through that rod. I mean, he did so many miracles through that rod. What happened? He lost sight of what he had. And so many of us lose sight of what we have been given because of what we're going through. We take our eyes off of the Lord, off of his gifts, off of his word, and we put our eyes and our attention on what is going on around us, how we feel, what we see, what this one said, what that one said. We forget what God has given us. And God reminded him, what is that in your hand? Stretch it forth. And the people will walk across. On dry land and that's what happened amen to paul he gave him grace to moses he gave him the rod of authority and power to both of them god gave them the tools they needed to overcome what they needed to do was to exercise the faith in what was given to them amen one more incident here is a widow in 2 Kings chapter 4. Her husband died. He was unwise with his finances. He made mistakes. He borrowed money that he couldn't pay. And here's a widow now left with her two sons. And the creditors are knocking on her door, threatening to take her sons away. So what does she do? She goes to the prophet Elisha, saying, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elijah said to her, listen to what Elijah said to her. What shall I do for you? What do you come crying to me for? What do you have in your house, woman? She thought for a moment, she said, I haven't got anything. Oh, yes, I've got a little jar of oil. Good enough. And the prophet gives her instructions what to do with that little jar of oil. She went out. She obeyed the instruction. She did what she was told. And you know what? She produced so much oil. She finished 
paying her creditors and she had money left over to live comfortably. But what I want to emphasize was, is, what do you have in your hand? What has God given you? What has he given you? What gift have you got? What do you, what, what, what do you enjoy doing? What is God's gift to you that you can use and exercise your faith? Amen. To us, he gave us his word. Listen, this is what the Lord told me. He said, I've given you my word. I've given you my name. I've given you my authority. I've given you my grace. What more do you need to overcome? I said, Lord, nothing. I don't need anything more. I have what it takes to overcome. Working with what was given does not mean that we cry out to God to do something about our trials and our troubles. It means we rise up in the power of the Spirit, using His name, using His word, and it means we fight the good fight of faith until final victory. And this is, I believe, this is what I believe, that the cry of God's heart to his people today is to rise up, to awake, and to overcome. Here it is, Isaiah 51, verse 9. Isaiah, this is the word of the Lord to you. Whatever you're going through, whatever your situation, whatever your circumstance, is it sickness? Is it symptoms? Is it financial pressure? Is it anxiety? Is it fear? Here is the word of the Lord. Isaiah 51 verse 9. Awake, awake and put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake as in the ancient days, in the generations of old. Are you not the arm that cut Rahab apart and wounded the serpent? Here's the question. Who is the arm of the Lord? Who's he talking to here? The Bible says that the right hand of God is Jesus Christ the Lord. And where is Jesus today? In the person of the Holy Spirit. In you. Paul says, Christ in me, the hope of glory. So the Lord is talking to us and he says, you are the arm of the Lord. And what you need to do is awake. Put on your strength. Amen. I pray that we will take heed. Another verse in Isaiah 52, verses 1 and 2 says, Shake yourself from the dust. Arise. Sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose yourself from the bonds of your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. God is saying, Awake, shake yourself, loose yourself. It doesn't say God is going to loose you, He's already loosed you. You need to rise up and take by faith what God has given to us. Amen. And finally, over and over again in the Gospels, Jesus commends the recipients of his miracles by saying over and over and over again, your faith has saved you. Your faith has saved you. Go your way. And as you have believed, let it be done unto you. He asks the two blind men who followed, do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, we believe. 
according to your faith, be it done unto you. Over and over again, he commends the recipients of his miracles for the faith they exercised in him and in his exceeding and great and precious promises. Praise God forevermore. He's given us the gift of faith. Having the same spirit of faith. Not we're going to get it. Not maybe we're going to. Having the same spirit of faith. You have it. Use it. Rise up. Exercise your faith. Take authority over the evil one. Over his works. Luke's gospel chapter 10 says. Behold I have given you power. And authority. To do what? To tread upon serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Are those words the words of the master? Are those words words of power and truth? Amen. Let us put aside our unbelief. And let us take the faith that God has given us. And fight the good fight. Until we overcome. As I meditated the other morning on Psalm 27, 13, I heard the Spirit of God say, Son, state what you believe. Declare it out loud. Let your enemies hear what you believe. Because belief is a choice, not a feeling or emotion. I want the devil to hear me. Don't ever, ever show the devil you're sweating. Are you listening to me? Don't ever, don't ever let him see you sweating. This is my declaration as I close. I am not moved by what I feel. I am not moved by what I see. I am only moved by what I believe. And I believe the almighty word of God. I'm standing on your word, Lord. Come what may. And I say, devil, take your best shot. When you finished, I'll still be standing, declaring the word of the Lord. Father, we bless you today and we thank you for your precious word. We thank you for the authority that is in your word. We thank you for the power and the life that is in your word. Teach us, Lord, we pray, how to fight the good fight of faith. How to exercise our faith in your exceeding great and precious promises. Teach us how to resist the enemy until he flees from us. I ask this. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org. Dot .za